are listening to the Inspiring Stewards podcast, where we talk to ordinary stewards through whom God is doing extraordinary things. Today we head to the outskirts of Manila, Philippines to spend time with Zenit Maramara, who currently serves as the president of the Christian Stewardship Association and has a background in a variety of roles with Asian Theological Seminary. My name is Nathan Jones, and I'll be serving as your host today on this episode of the Inspiring Stewards Podcast. Senate, thank you again for taking time to be with us today. This is a, a pleasure. I've been looking forward to this time with you, and um, I, I am expecting God to do some amazing things through this time. So why don't we just kick it off? Give us a little bit of your life story, where you're from, your family of origin, just a peek into your life. Thank you, Nathan. I was born to a Roman Catholic family, and I'm the oldest of five siblings. My younger brother is actually my pastor, and I am a product of a public school. Uh, I went to the University of the Philippines for my uh, AB in journalism, and there I was exposed to uh, Campus Crusade for Christ, but uh, there was no real conversion, no heart conversion. And after college, I went on my own, lived separately from my family. And so I missed out on the, what was happening in my family. They were starting to be converted to evangelical uh, Christianity in the late 70s. So I was hard of heart and I did not take kindly to their witnessing and sharing of the gospel. So I just went on my own, 10 years in the corporate world, and I felt I was sufficient by my standards. And I lived a life of selfish goals and ambitions. Hmm. Share with us how you came to Christ and what life was like following that. So in 1982, I started my own overseas recruitment business. And since my time was my own, because I was my own boss, I had time to join the Bible study uh, that was started in my mom's house. And after a year of attending that Bible study, I understood the scripture and my eyes were opened. So, you know, I was like the prodigal daughter that was reconciled to the father. And Nathan, God's calling was sure in my life. I committed my life to Jesus, turned from my wicked ways, and followed Christ. And uh, because it took me a long while to realize that and to redeem the time, I went straight to the seminary in 1984. And in, I graduated uh, with an MA in Christian Education and uh, joined Asian Theological Seminary as a staff after I completed my Master of Divinity. So that was uh, part of my discipleship, being at ATS and being exposed to various Christians from different various traditions. And I really was not intending to be in full-time Christian ministry, but since I went to ATS, uh, to study, I, I never left until it was time for retirement. You talk about a second conversion. So we hear how God came into your life and, and led you to a relationship with Christ. And you talk about this conversion to stewardship. Share more about that. In 1995, I was 
studying uh, for my second master at Regent University because I wanted to hone my skills in fundraising. And I encountered a second conversion, and it was in biblical stewardship. Actually, it was Gordon Robertson of 700 Club, uh, who knows me from the Philippines, confronted me with a statement that everything belongs to God, including the resources I am raising for my seminary. And you know, that simple statement was a life changer. And uh, from then on, I realized that I was a transactional fundraiser. <laughs> I did not realize that. And it became crystal clear that God called me to be His faithful steward and that my personal mission in life is to teach biblical stewardship. So that was also the point uh, when God very clearly showed me what my personal mission is to glorify Him. So I dedicated my life to uh, teaching biblical stewardship. And from then on, fundraising to me was a ministry of transforming hearts and minds and growing givers who are generous towards God. And I returned to the Philippines, a very changed person, a transformed fundraiser, if you will. That's, that's tremendous. And I don't want to lose, for our listeners, I don't want to lose sight of that, that shift that happens. And in, in scripture, we hear God says, uh, you, you cannot serve both God and money. And for those of us in fundraising, uh, that is such a critical pivot to realize what's happening when fundraising and development is happening in the life of an individual, that they're, they're shifting that, that over to the lordship and the ownership of Christ and, and us as stewards. That's a beautiful, beautiful picture. Thank you for sharing. So can I give us a picture today of what that journey looks like, uh, your vocation, your calling, um, how God's working through you today? So Nathan, fundraising was just the beginning. Uh, I, when I was converted to biblical stewardship, I was fundraiser for ATS. And when I returned uh, from my studies in the U.S., I uh, set up the communication and development department in 99. And I had the very specific task of reversing the income ratio from 70% foreign funding and 30% local giving. So... And, you know, for many years now, uh, the seminary's operational budget comes from local support. But uh, the, that's how I started with my uh, stewardship journey as a fundraiser. And then later on, uh, it was expanded into uh, being a steward of organization. Uh, and now, I like to see myself as a steward of creation. I really also want to uh, focus on creation care as part of my advocacy. My uh, journey of stewardship was not easy or smooth sailing because I was in a hurry. So first thing uh, I did when I was at uh, ATS as development director, I, I wanted everybody to be on board with me. And I felt like I was... Uh, pulling everybody and you know later I realized that I needed patience and perseverance uh, if there is to be a work of transformation. There was a point when I quit ATS and I thought I would just serve the bigger body of Christ through the NGO I started uh, 
Christian Stewardship Association. And the first two years of CSA was not easy. Uh, I have, after I left ATS and, you know, without the academic structure that was uh, ATS, I felt I was a free spirit. But, you know, the Lord, like a good shepherd, took me back into His fold. And in 2003, ATS hired me back to organize an MBA program for Christian nonprofit leaders and fundraisers. It's called the MBA in Biblical Stewardship and Christian Management. So after returning to ATS in 2003, that's really when the Lord flourished me as a steward. So it allowed me to organize several ministries, one of which is the ATS Center for Biblical Stewardship, and which after seven years was expanded to include the ATS Continuing Studies and Extension Programs. I also helped found the Christian Council for Transparency and Accountability, CCTA, and uh, it later joined GTP as one of uh, the peer accountability groups. And uh, starting uh, the CSA Fundraising Institute in 2008, and we offer fundraising certificate courses in partnership with ATS. And uh, one of the NGOs I also co-founded is the Creation Care NGO called Christians in Conservation. And it's now a uh, affiliated project of the International Arocha Movement. That's, that's fantastic. So um, before I move to the next question, let me dig in just a little bit. Christian Stewardship Association, tell us a little bit more about what CSA does and maybe what was the prompting behind starting that, if you don't mind? Oh, I'm a natural networker. So when I came back uh, as a designated and appointed uh, development director, first thing I did, Nathan, was to call all the other seminaries uh, to find out if there are other people like me, a development director, so I can network with them. And lo and behold, uh, there was just one person doing that and her title is not even development director she was just like a, a public relations person and uh, because at that time there was no training in fundraising in the Philippines uh, there are no books uh, no teachers and so the Lord put that burden in my heart to start a Christian Stewardship Association because I was exposed to CSA in the U.S. and the wonderful things that they are doing. Of course, uh, there's no CSA anymore in the U.S. They were merged with the Christian uh, Management Association and they are now called the CLA, Christian Leadership Alliance. So we were like trailblazing in teaching uh, fundraising in the Philippines. In fact, until now, we're the only Christian uh, nonprofit organization teaching fundraising training. And we offer seminars, conferences, and the Fundraising Institute where we offer a certificate program. Wow. Keep it up. Don't give up. Um, that's fantastic. So along the lines of what God has, has been doing through your life, I'd love to hear from your perspective. How are you seeing God at work, whether it's locally or globally? Um, where are you seeing him move at this time in history? I think more than ever, uh, I can see 
the movement of God all over the world, particularly in, in areas like uh, Asia and even Africa. You know, I, it saddens me that the world calls this a VUCA world, uh, a world characterized by vulnerability, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. But that's from the lenses of the world, right? And uh, I think that prompts me more uh, for the need to shout from the housetops that God is in sovereign control. And I think throughout history, God has used crisis and chaos to get the attention of his people. So, you know, in this pandemic, this continuing pandemic should humble us. And I think uh, the problem is we have lost our identity as stewards who are created in the image of God. So I see the need for, for Christian leaders particularly to surrender anew the false belief that we are in control because we are not. We cannot continue to act as owner leaders but as servant stewards who follow God's bidding. So, you know, Christian leaders are entrusted with governance and administration of God's work uh, and they need to re-examine the theology and practice of what it means to be a biblical steward. And that God is the ultimate owner of ministries and organizations. And that we need to put our trust uh, that He is the provider and the sustainer. And that was my personal experience. When I was not converted to biblical stewardship, I felt that the job of raising the budget, the annual budget for my seminary was on my shoulders. And then when I realized that it is God who owns everything and that He is therefore also the provider and the sustainer, that really lifted uh, that heavy burden on my shoulders. And it was uh, liberation <laughs> for me. So I, I'd like to uh, see uh, Christian leaders who see their role as leaders uh, as a trust from God. And that even the organizations that are entrusted to their care is a gift or a trust from God. And therefore, when we say we build God's kingdom, we have to build only one kingdom, His kingdom, and not build a second kingdom for ourselves. So I think we need to redeem our identity of who we are in relationship with God and how we steward that identity as redeemed people of God created in His image. It is a gift, and like all gifts from God, we steward it with faithfulness. So we are created with an intimate relationship with God, and we need to go back, I think, to the basics uh, of uh, what do we need as, as human beings, uh, we need to steward those basic relationships with God, with people, with creation, and all the resources uh, in the world. So what is important is we, we pursue our intimacy with God because that is our first and highest calling. Our work is just secondary compared to our calling to be intimate with God and surrender everything. And all the control because sometimes it's us who put those shackles in our uh, selves. And uh, we really need to free ourselves and become people, uh, stewards who are free to lead, who have joy 
And uh, I think that's that's really the message that I, I want to bring out, especially in this time of uh, pandemic. And Christian ministries around the globe can profit much from the biblical concept of uh, the steward and how it can inform the practice of good governance, faithful administration, and multiplying stewards. That's fantastic. Um, there's so much there, and I feel like we could have a whole series of podcasts unpacking the, the depth there. Zenit, thank you so much for your time, sharing your heart, sharing your perspective on how God is at work in the world around us. And, you know, may God continue to make inroads in uh, that battle for people's hearts, that they would release ownership and embrace stewardship. Um, as we wrap up, any final thoughts you would have for, for us today? I just want to uh, reiterate that Global Trust Partners, where I serve as a uh, board member, we work with local Christian ministries around the world, and we work alongside indigenous ministries to promote peer accountability, build trust, multiply faithful stewards. So everything you need to know in how to become a faithful stewards, uh, administrators, and uh, board members, uh, is what Global Trust Partners is about. And we provide free resources on those topics, governance, administration for, for nonprofit organizations. And people can actually download those resources for free from our website, gtp.org. So thank you very much, Nathan. It's been a joy and a privilege for me to share a little something of what God has done in my life as a steward and what God continues to do. Thank, thank you, Zenit. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Inspiring Stewards podcast, a production of Global Trust Partners. To learn more, visit gtp.org.